you're tuning in to the Chief Hustler Podcast, where we will shatter the status quo and propel change-making women to redefine their career on their own terms. I'm your host, Amber, and we will focus on empowering women to not only be heard, but valued. The show will surface and resurface the topics that often go unaddressed in today's male-dominated industries and corporate cultures. We're here to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything we do. Let's get started. Welcome back, Hustlers. A happy new year. It is so good to be back. This is season two of the Chief Hustler podcast. As you all know now, it is a brand new year and a new decade, and it's been so great for me to be able to relax over the last few weeks and spend time with family and friends and just people that I needed to catch up with. And I hope that you've had the opportunity to do much of the same when it comes to the people that you wanted to have spent time with over the holiday season and really got a chance to fellowship with them over good food um, and just had a lot of, of good laughs and things like that. I'm mindful of the fact that the holidays are not always easy for everyone, whether you've recently lost a family member or, you know, for whatever reason, things just weren't super easy um, or lighthearted. I understand. I've been there. Know that I'm thinking about you. um, And maybe at some point it'll be something that uh, we'll talk about. But Either way, I hope you are, were able to do a little bit of reflection um, and get a little bit of rest. So as we dive into 2020, I wanted season two to be an opportunity to raise the bar and to get to even more difficult conversations and provide tips and tricks for all of you out there that are listening about just navigating difficult things in the workplace. And this first episode for the season, we get right into it which is something that I feel as though if you're anything like me or someone that is incredibly passionate and shows up to work um, in a way that's bold and confident and vocal, you've probably heard this or you are soon going to hear it, which is you're too much of something. And that can be too loud, too vocal, too abrasive, too aggressive, whatever the case may be. Someone in the workplace has come to you and said, you're too much of something. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. So when people come to you and tell you you're too bossy, you're too loud, you're too vocal, whatever the case may be, here is the bold truth. I don't think it's going to stop. I do, however, think that there are still good and decent people in the workplace. Not everybody is here to be a jackass, but it does mean that Sometimes you may come across, and hopefully it's kept to a minimum, and it's less than a few people, but you may come across people in your career or in your workplace that have a whole lot to say about how you're just too much of anything, and it's something you're just going to have to deal with. Um, I think as women, as we continue to claim our power and take up space in rooms and in places where our voices need to be heard and valued and respected. We're going to piss some people off along the way. We're going to make some people uncomfortable. And that's really 
kind of the root of this message is that nine times out of 10, when, when people are coming to you with that, it's really grounded in the fact that there's something about your presence that makes them uncomfortable, which ultimately means that it's their issue, not yours. But it doesn't change the fact that it happens. And it doesn't change the fact that when it happens, if you've been in a situation like this, I can only imagine some things that come to mind, one of which is you might roll your eyes, you might even prepare yourself or fix yourself uh, to say something or have a response that that may be um, a little sassy or a little fiery. And I've been there. And I think what happens to most of us when we're in these situations is you immediately start to think about like, why is it me? Why is it that this person appears to have an issue with me? Why does it seem to be as though this person feels the need to address something about me that feels authentic to me that they just don't like or makes them feel uncomfortable? And I know that that inner dialogue is continuing and it's happening and it won't stop. And and if anything, I just hope that the inner dialogue that you have with yourself brings you clarity and a frame of reference. And I know while you are in those moments and you're sitting with your thoughts and sitting with what this person has to tell you and you're fixing your mouth to say something or have a response or react to them, I want you to take a deep breath and remember that in most cases, when someone approaches you and tells you that you're too much of something, it is often because you make them uncomfortable. And that should hopefully give you some relief, but it should also sting a little bit because the truth behind that statement is that there is something about what you're doing or what you're saying and the vibe you're giving off that rubs people some kind of way. But what I'm here to remind you is that that's not necessarily your problem to deal with. Because if you are a woman who's standing in your power, who's confident and bold and vocal, it is just something that is going to inherently happen when you interact with people who don't don't think you ought to have power or are just really conflicted with you being as vocal as you are. And that comes to a lot of people who are insecure for a variety of different reasons based on their sum of experiences, based on their prejudice, based on their bias, whatever it is, makes them feel a certain kind of way. And that's something that you have to realize and acknowledge when you're interacting with people that feel the need to tell you you're too much of something. I want to take you back to a time when you were maybe five, six, seven years old, you're, you know, early elementary school. And remember the first time the little boy picked on you on the playground? And you remember when your parents probably used to say something like, oh, well, he just likes you. Or maybe someone else in class had something to say about you and your parents may have reminded you they're just jealous. Think of these moments in the workplace of when someone has something to say about you being too much of something. This is essentially the adult version of that childhood experience. And I want to remind you that if you could get through that (laughs) some 15, 20, 25 years ago, whenever you were that child, you can get through this. And it has everything to do with mindset. So now that I've set the tone to remind you that in most cases, it's them, not you. Here are three things to remember the next time someone at work has something to say about you that just, quite frankly, feels a little unnecessary. Sometimes when when someone comes to me and has something to say about how I'm too much of something, I hit them with a question. That's my response. I don't even bother to 
give my perspective on the situation or come back with kind of my my defense or my response, I ask them a question. And that question is, how have I demonstrated that behavior to you recently? The reason why this question is is both valuable to you and interesting is because it will clue you in to if this is something that you should actually bother to hear and give attention to, or if this person is just blowing smoke. Because in the clarity and intent in their response should give you an understanding about where that person's coming from. For instance, if they can actually recall a specific time or a handful of times at which you have done something from their perspective that gives them the vibe that you're just too much of something, it's at least clear enough with context to give you a perspective. On the flip side, if they fumble through it, they can't actually recall a time or they just make up some generalizations, you know that this person is a pawn on a chessboard and is not worth your time. And if you find yourself dealing with somebody that is the latter, this is where you move on. Whatever they have to say is in one ear and out the other and you go on with your day. And that's that first tip. Ask him the question. On to tip two. If they actually are able to give you a legitimate example, and legitimate is really to me defined by they're able to give some context. They're, they're able to say, well, we were in this meeting or, you know, we were having a conversation in the hallway or I stopped by your desk or whatever the case may be. And they're able to give you some actual context. If they are able to give you an example, I, I beg of you to, even while it may be hard, to take a deep breath and truly hear them out. Truly hear out whatever story, whatever reflection that that it is that they want to give you. If it ends up being an experience you yourself can recall, I think it's a perfect opportunity to provide any clarity or any additional context that doesn't come off in a way of defending yourself. You can certainly thank them for taking the time to be honest with you because it is in some cases difficult for people to give feedback. And the fact that someone wanted to actually give you some feedback I think while they may think certain things of you, they also think that you're capable of receiving feedback. And so that in itself is a positive and you can turn this weird, awkward and somewhat unnecessary situation into a positive outcome. If they truly give you a response and you hear them out, you can follow up with another question after thanking them for their feedback, which is how can I evolve so that in a future circumstance, we have a better interaction. And I think what it does is it gives them an opportunity to communicate to you what their working style or what their communication style is. It also gives you an opportunity to say, okay, that's good to know. I personally prefer this way of communicating. I will do my best to be cognizant of when interacting with you. You appreciate information a certain way. And I will do my best to Find more harmony in the way in which that we collaborate. It's a way for you to address the fact that you heard them while standing firm in what you feel is important or what you feel is authentic and real to you without kind of crapping all over what that what it is they have to say. So if you acknowledge what it is they have to say, you respond by saying, I hear you. I have a different way of interacting or a different way of communicating, but I hear you. And when it comes to interactions and collaborating, I will do my best to strive for more harmony. It allows you to just communicate that you've heard them, but you're also then telling them a response, what it is you like, so that you can level the playing field. I think oftentimes 
if this is a situation where someone has something to say and the feedback is legit, right? This is only in the context where the feedback is legit. Oftentimes you can clear up stuff by just communicating preferences. And that's where I would say those kind of rumbling tensions often happen with two people who have good intentions, right? Is just the fact that you have different preferences or different styles. And when those styles or preferences clash, you automatically start to start to have a little bit of tension in the relationship in the room. So that's something I think you can be super mindful of. But again, if this is just, if this is just out of the blue, unnecessary conversation, the person isn't giving you any real examples, this is this feedback is in one ear, not the other, and you let it go and you move on with your day. The third tip I have for you is that in all of this, and, and this really is the hardest part, which is breathe. The reason I say you have to breathe is because I know I've been there and I have been frustrated to tears when someone has come to me with what feels like a personal attack on my character or values and they tell me I'm too much of something, right? I know that I've been told I'm too loud, I'm too vocal, I'm too aggressive, I'm too abrasive, I'm too honest, whatever the case may be. Well, for me, I was raised to be honest. I was raised to not sugarcoat it. I was raised to be direct. And and there are some people in your work environment that just don't vibe that way. They, if you think about it, like they want the bread and the appetizers and the wine and cheese before they have the entree. Where for me, I'm like, just give me the entree and, you know, don't, don't sugarcoat it for me. I don't need all the extra fluff. But some people, you got to warm up to it, right? And that can be extremely frustrating because when they don't like your style, it becomes an attack on you or that's how it feels. And I want you to, when you can, be able to take a step back and just breathe. Because again, the root of this is that it's not you, it's them. And they're interacting with a person that just has a different style and a preference of communicating. And that can be, that can rub off and and, and that can come across, that can come across negative sometimes. But, but it's not always on you to figure that out. But what is on you to figure out is to understand that there is a difference in preference. There is a difference in style. And as you go through these moments, for the ones that are legitimate, again, legitimate, you find ways to navigate those things. And that's what I'm going to give you a little bit of heads up and tips for here shortly. But I don't want you to forget that if this is a person that is just blowing smoke, that just wants to talk shit to talk shit and doesn't have any good intention, isn't here to help you grow, isn't here to help really embody that that level of excellence that you strive for, this is not the person to listen to. This is not the person to take a deep breath on. This is the person to probably ignore and walk away. And that has positive and negative consequences and you have to weigh if this person is a, is a person of leadership in your organization, what that effect has on you, right? There, there's always outcomes to whatever decision and choice you make. But if somebody who is really not worth your time has something to say about you, keep it moving. But if this is somebody that you, you need to have a working relationship with or somebody that you actually value and respect in the workplace and they're coming to you with some feedback, you got to find a way to breathe and, and navigate that. And I will tell you that it won't be easy because as a person who's been working on this for years now, st- I still find myself in a place where I have to 
take a deep breath every once in a while. There are certain people that I just know they're kind of like this, the squeaky wheel. And I just know that when I deal with them, I have to take 10 breaths instead of one. And I know that I'm just going to have to get my mind right in a way that allows me to handle that conversation that I otherwise would not even rather deal with. But I recognize the need to salvage whatever I can in this working relationship because it's important for me in the sense of getting my job done or getting to the project outcomes and deliverables that I that I need. And so this is where this this whole situation becomes really a gray area. And I think you have to pick and choose your moments about who you take time to, to hear out and who you don't take time to hear out. But I'm here to tell you that if the person is is one that is just all smoke, keep moving. But if they can actually give you real examples, ones that you can understand and relate to, you got to take the time to hear them out. I think at the end of the day, when you hear someone say to you, there's something about what you do that just gives me a different vibe that I just, you know, it's hard. I think you have two choices at the end of the day. You can either adjust or keep as you are. I can never tell you when it's time to adjust. I can never tell you when it's time to think about a shift in how you show up to work. But I can tell you that if it's coming from a person in which you value that relationship and you respect them, even in just the teeniest amount, it may be time to consider a shift, even if it's small. Is not about changing who you are. I like to call it modulating, right? So think about it this way. Remember when I said earlier that some people need the bread and the appetizers and the wine and cheese before they have their entree? And you may be a person that likes to just have the entree. In certain instances, when you interact with people that need all of those things ahead of the thing you really need to talk about, maybe you don't necessarily do the appetizer and the bread and the wine and cheese, but maybe you maybe you agree to bread, bread and butter, right? You, you take the extra 30 seconds to build that rapport for an extra one or two minutes in conversation and then get to whatever, whatever it is that you need to address. I know for myself, I'm an extremely direct person and I'm very vocal. There are very few things in this world that I don't have an opinion about. And there are very few things in this world that if I care about it, I don't speak on. That's just who I am. I know that about myself. But I know that when I'm working with certain people, even if it's something that they care about, they they may just choose to be quiet. They may just choose to go with the flow because that's just innately who they are. Even though they're passionate about it, then they may go home and talk about it to their significant other or a parent or their friends in the workplace. They're fairly quiet and they're fairly go with the flow. And I know that those two things can sometimes clash in the workplace. And so for me, I learned that with certain people, I have to modulate. And that is hard as shit. I will not even sugarcoat it. It is the straight truth. That is the hardest thing till this day that I have to continue to figure out and navigate as I build new relationships in workplace, as I grow in leadership in a workplace, just figuring out how to manage communication with a variety of different personalities and a variety of different people. And depending upon what you're talking about, it can all take different kind of paths. But I think it's something that you really have to think about. 
Because for me, I always go nine times out of 10, I go into a situation. I'm like, this is a workplace. This is about business. This isn't personal. Whatever it is I have to say to you has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what I need to get out of this project or what I need to get out of this deliverable. And even in a workplace, there are people that sincerely care far more about the people than the stuff. I have learned to shift my approach to recognize that for the people and for the environments where caring about the people first is the most important and then the stuff will figure itself out, I have found ways to modulate the way in which I communicate in those instances because ultimately, if you're working with people, if you must work with people that don't necessarily get the work done the same way you get it done, you still need them. So you have to find a way to meet them closer to where they are so that your projects or whatever the work that you have going on doesn't fall to the wayside. So I think it's really important to think about just where you can taking the time to hear people out if the feedback is legitimate, when they tell you you're to something. And if they're coming to you, take equity in the fact that they're coming to you. There are people who come to you that will have things to say about you it's so backhanded. It, again, it doesn't even matter. But if someone genuinely pulls you aside and has something to say, do your best to hear them out. And if and if today is not the day, right, or if this week isn't the week, or you're just not in a place right now to truly receive whatever it is they have to say, you can also say, I really appreciate what it is you have to say. Thank you for that. And let's catch up on this. Let's follow up on this in a few weeks. Or I'd love to meet over lunch to talk more about this and, and, and manage, manage through that situation on your own timeline. I can tell you for me that the evolution of modulating how I communicate and to whom I communicate and in which manner has evolved over the years because I got tired of hearing people say I was too much of something. And it got to a place where I felt like, okay, there's something here enough for me to at least think about. And I got to a place where I said, you're never going to change who you are, right? But you can, with certain people, figure out how do you meet them closer to where they are if they're not willing to necessarily take the, the, the walk towards you. What harm does it really do if you take a step towards them? And I know that this is a difficult conversation to have because I know you're probably saying to yourself, well, why do I have to do the work? I will not pretend that the tips I'm giving you don't require work because I do. And arguably, if you're taking the steps to listen to this and really take inventory of where you are in, in a circumstance like this and whether or not you need to make a pivot or not, it, it requires work and effort. But the truth is, is that if you are... If you have any aspirations to be a leader in your organization at some point in your career, you're you're not going to very rarely are you going to ever have a team of people that 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 you work with that are just like you in every idea. And you're going to be able to just kind of free flow it. You're going to have to be mindful that working in an organization in any organization means that there are going to be different people, different personalities, different values, different expectations. So by definition, 
this will always be something you'll have to work through and you'll have to evolve the way you work through it with time as you grow through organizations and and join new teams and and move on and and whatever but there are two sides to this the first is if someone is just backhandedly coming at you and i will stand there right with you and you can dm me dm me on instagram and you can say this is bullshit i'm so tired of this person coming at me with this craziness you know, and let off some steam and keep it moving. But if there is some truth to what it is they're saying, they may not have found the best words to articulate it, but if there's some legit meaning behind what it is they have to communicate to you in a way that you value and you appreciate and you're thinking through, how do I use this as a moment to raise the bar for myself to get the best out of my workplace? The tips that I've just mentioned can help you. Right. And I think ultimately this comes down to knowing your working style, know how you want to show up to work and know if that is different from who you are innately versus, you know, something that you just want to choose to show up to work a certain way and embody certain behaviors and mindsets and communication styles that you deem appropriate for the workplace. And if you're still trying to figure that out, hopefully no one comes at you crazy in the next week or so, because next week is going to be all about how do you identify and really live out your working style. And so just remember that your career, whatever that is for you, as you define it, is a marathon, not a sprint. And your journey to whatever executive position or whatever leadership position or whatever title it is that you aspire to in your career is a marathon, not a sprint. It doesn't happen overnight. And so this is, this is about evolution and, and long-term transformation, right? This isn't about be shifting completely overnight. And so take, take this and really think about it and reflect about, have I been in situations where somebody's come to me crazy or has someone come to me with, with something legitimate that, they, that, that is worth me hearing out? And you should more than, be more than capable of knowing the difference. And to me, the difference is often in, can that person provide you legitimate examples with context that you can understand? and build some rapport around with that person. So next week, we'll dive into how do you start to identify that work style. Until then, like I said, hopefully no one comes to you with some craziness about how you're too much of anything. If they do, I hope the tips that you found through this episode are helpful. If it truly is out of the blue crazy, in one ear, out the other, let it go. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Chief Hustler Podcast, where we are focused on propelling change-making women to redefine their career on their own terms. I hope that with this episode, we've had another opportunity together to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything we do. As always, I want to thank you for your time as it is your most valuable possession. There are a few ways to join the conversation. First, by following the Chief Hustler on Instagram and commenting on a post and sharing in your perspective. Second is by sharing this episode or others in a way that's authentic to you. This community is nothing without you and you sharing means the most to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep hustling.